All children are different and all children want to succeed. Confidence and joy are important. This is a belief of today's guests whom we will meet in just a moment. Hello everyone, this is Pamela Brewer welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. Today's guest is Dr. Elaine Fogel-Schneider. She is a certified and licensed speech-language pathologist, a certified dance movement therapist, a certified touch-time instructor. I'm, I'm running out of breath here. In addition to being a practicing therapist, Dr. Fogel-Schneider serves as a research and coach to parents who have children with learning differences and special needs. Dr. Fogel-Schneider, welcome to this edition of Mind Talk. Thank you so much, Pam, for having me. Now, Dr. Fogel-Schneider, you and your colleague, Dr. Deborah Ross Swain, have written a book, which is really sort of a manual um, in terms of dealing with children with learning differences. And the, the name of the manual, if you will, is Confidence and Joy, Success Strategies for Kids with Learning Differences, and indeed, you call it a step-by-step guidebook for parents and professionals. And, you know, that's exactly what it is. What, what was the reason that you and your colleague decided to create Confidence and Joy? Well, so often children are labeled in school once they get there as bad learners. They are labeled as they're not getting it. They're put into a a category that just gives them no hope. And we find that children, all children want to be smart and all children want to learn. And we're doing a disservice for children who have these little differences by putting labels on them and by not meeting their needs. So we decided to write this book. I I think about, forgive me for interrupting you, I think about, as you were saying that, I think about the parents who have said, and maybe sometimes even the teachers who have said, well, I don't know what's wrong with Johnny or Sue. I mean, they just don't want to learn. They're just lazy. They just don't care. And clearly what you say from the very beginning of confidence and joy and what you've just said, in fact, is that that is not at all true. Exactly. You know, you see a child that might be in preschool and they're happy as can be and they're dancing and, you know, playing in the sand and box and and going up and down the slide. They're just fine. You know, they're in preschool. They're happy. Then you get them to go into this school, and what happens is they may have difficulty attending to the teacher. They may not be able to follow directions. They may have some difficulty with sitting on a chair, for example, or the children that can't finish the assignment during the class time. And so often teachers will rob them of their joy by telling them, okay, you have to stay in. You can't go to recess today because you didn't finish your assignment. And the very thing that that child needs is to be with their friends in their classroom, to be with their peers, and now that's taken away from them. So not only are they having difficulty in the classroom following the lesson or staying on task or getting it done in the right amount of time, but now they're being taken away from friendships that they can make because the whole class now sees them as, oh, he can't get his work done. Oh, he's stupid. Oh, we're smarter than he is. And it just is this 
spiraling downward for these children that really are bright because we find that children with learning differences, their intelligence is high. It's they're bright children. But what's happening is the style that the academics uh, system, our educational system is wanting them to follow may just not be the way they learn. You talk about, at the very beginning of uh, Confidence and Joy, you introduce us to Jacob, uh, who, as you just described, was fine in preschool, but then in kindergarten, things sort of began to change for him. Is that typical? Uh, You know, a lot of times I think parents think, well, if they've gotten through preschool and they're good, it's all good. I don't have to worry. So is it typical Mm -hmm. that a child would be fine in preschool and then kindergarten might begin to experience some difficulties? Yes, that's that can happen very readily because when you get into kindergarten, um, our, you know, the United States, we're asking children in kindergarten to look at the academic skills, reading, we're looking at writing, we're looking some even at math. This is happening in kindergarten. You know, years ago, these subjects weren't taught until first grade. Kindergarten was preschool. <laughs> but now in our society, we've got the little kids going into kindergarten, making demands of them. And these children that were fine in preschool are not doing as well now that these demands are made of them. It's just their wiring is different, and we have to find out how to reach them, what style of learning will reach these children. And we want to make sure that, you know, as parents, that you get to know your child's learning styles, get to know their talents, and it's important to determine your child's strengths and weaknesses as well. What are the activities or behaviors that could suggest to a parent that they really need to pay attention in a different way, uh, perhaps, to what's going on with their child? Well, some of the things uh, we see in children, parents tell me all the time, um, are those children that in the morning, I, I call it the morning struggle, um, it's, it's like you're having the battle of Armageddon with your own child to get them to go to school, whether it's uh, staying under covers longer than they should, um, whether it's going to the school, you're driving your child to school, it's time for the child to get out of the car, and they won't go. They will not go to school. They feel that they are uh, different. They feel that they're not like their classmates. We see children who in class may be wandering their eyes. They're not paying attention, but, you know, they may have some attention deficit disorder where there's too much stimulation coming into them, um, and they can't quite separate out what the teacher wants them to do, or they're having trouble sitting on a chair. Some children have sensory issues and, you know, give them a little ball that they can sit on and bounce on, rather than a flat chair that doesn't move, and that will help their learning. So parents need to take note of some of the difficulties. If they keep saying, what are you saying, or they're not following directions, uh, that you give them, uh, they're slow in responding to what you're asking them to do. Um, You tell them something one time, and you have to keep repeating it because they seem not to be able to remember it. 
And then there's also children that just have trouble reading. You know, they, they just don't, you know, you can say something to them and they're fine. But if you ask them to read it to you, they cannot read it. They cannot decipher it. They don't understand the written word. So there's so many different ways parents can just take a look. And if their child is having difficulty, anxiety, uh, this is something that needs to be addressed. Because all children really want to learn. And they don't want to be, you know, picked out from their from their classmates. So, again, um, I think what you remind us almost with every word that you speak is to really pay attention to your child very carefully, not assume that there's something, quote, unquote, wrong, but to recognize that there is something that might be different. And now what's the next step? Dr. Fogelschneider, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will continue with more of confidence and joy and success strategies for children with learning differences. We'll be right back. Dr. Fogelschneider, there is so many people who, and perhaps it's intensified in today's world, but there are so many people who believe that different just means bad. Different means wrong. Um, how do you want folks to think about the existence of different, just sort of in general and certainly within their children? Parents need to see that different is simply different. There's no right, there's no wrong. It's just being different. And it's up to the parent and the professionals to discover the best learning style for that child. They just have a different way of learning. They don't have a disability. They don't have a learning disorder. They are different in their way of learning. So different is simply different. Well, I think you've come up with a solution for our world. (laughs) <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> when you say that um, some people learn differently, uh, again, could you give mm-hmm. parents an example of what a difference might be? Again, not right, not wrong, simply different. Because there's a point at which you ask parents to really pay attention to how their children learn. So what are parents looking for? Well, they should be looking for, uh, there are different ways of learning. Some people, children, are visual learners. Some are auditory by what they hear. 
some are kinesthetic, they need to have movement uh, for learning, and then there are those with combinations. And when we look at the academic world today, we see you know the demands made on children are to sit on the chair mainly, to be listening. It's pretty much a listening and visual approach to learning. But there are children that just don't learn as well that way. So parents need to decide what is their child's style of learning. And then, you know, they need to then seek out, um, be okay, first of all, with the differences, it's, it's okay to be different. Um, every child has a natural talent and they have gifts and they need to be recognized for those gifts and talents and help them discover what those are. Because we know if they're feeling unsuccessful, if they're feeling that they're not like their friends in school, it's going to affect not only their academic skills, but also their emotional and their social emotional skills. Making friends may not be as easy either. You speak, though, to the issue of friendships for your children, how important they are. Um, Why are they so important? Well, you know, for children as well as adults, being a friend, having friends, just makes you feel that you belong. And if that is missing from their life, then they're going to feel lonely and and isolated, and it doesn't build their confidence and joy. And mainly this book was written because we want families to know that confidence and joy is going to help their child succeed. That's the basic of, basis of success. And by finding out what their style of learning is, by making play dates or activities, having their child go into different activities. Maybe it's sports, maybe it's a a kids club, maybe it's the arts, but having a way that the child can express themselves and feel successful will be vital to that child's well-being. And we want the child to feel successful. I, I think of some of the parents who not understanding that their child is different versus right or wrong, good or bad, get really frustrated, start comparing their child with somebody else. Why can't you be more like your cousin or your sister or your brother? What impact does that have on the child with learning differences? Oh, my. That has such a negative impact. It really affects their self-esteem. They know that there's something different about them. It's not like they don't know it. If they could, they would change it, but they do not need to be compared to a a sister uh, who sits at the table and eats her food while this little one can't sit still or compared to a cousin who's scoring A's in spelling and this little child can't even get three of the words right. So it's a negative way of, of looking at our children that have learning differences. Comparing them to others is not a very good thing to do because it affects their own sense of confidence and success that they need to feel to succeed. They have to feel confident about something in in their skill level, and this is just bringing them to a lower level. It's not raising them up, and that's what we want to do. We want to honor these children 
even though they may have a learning difference and maybe they're not doing as well in school at the moment until we find out what their strengths are, we need to honor them and honor their natural gifts and talents. What about the the sibling of the child with learning differences? It, it almost sounds like we're talking about a whole family uh, awareness. Um, what do you recommend to parents who have one sibling who learns in one way and another who learns differently? Well, again, just what you were saying, do not compare the children. Each child is unique. What we want to do is find out those unique talents that that child with the learning difference has and find a way to increase that sparkle in their eye to increase their feeling of well-being so that their sibling and they can do things together, that there's no comparison, there's no right or wrong. I mean, both, both of the children might enjoy swimming, for example. Well, that's, there's no competition, just going to the pool and you swim and have fun. And I think it's so important for parents to not do that comparison and to allow the siblings to just be kids without having to say one is better than the other. And that's not always easy. I see that with twins. When I have families who come to me with twins, I have to you know, tell them the same thing, that one twin, you honor those unique talents and don't compare because that is just going to bring that child's feeling of confidence and and joy. It, it, it will just rob them of it. And many times that these are the children whose confidence and joy are robbed by people saying something negative that they don't think is negative. Like, can't you be more like your sister? But it really is harmful. It does hurt when you hear that and you find that people are comparing you. So get the children in activities that they both shine in, swimming or any other activity. They most, maybe they both like soccer. You want to get the child an opportunity to shine and to show their talents and their gifts, and every child has them. You say that uh, intensive tutoring or therapies can actually be confidence and joy robbers. And, you know, I, I, I think about the parent who, okay, they, they understand that their child has a difference. They understand that their child needs certain assistance in certain areas. So they're going to go out and get everything they possibly can, every tutor on the planet, every therapist <laughs> they can find. What's wrong with that? That's just a parent wanting to help their child. It's, there's nothing wrong with that except when it's overwhelming to the child and perhaps the same methods are being given to the child to teach them perhaps how to read, and it's not working. So if you're overkilling the situation and you're not finding the right match for your child with the right professional, then that just, again, for that child, feels one more time, I'm stupid, I'm not smart, I have to keep going to this tutor. I can't play with my friends. And they just, again, don't feel the confidence about their own skills. So it's very important when parents select professionals that these are the professionals that will be able to decide or determine what are the skills that the child has and teach the child with those skill sets so that the child feels successful. 
They're not just repeating, repeating, and not having success. There was one child that I can tell you about that was in a program for reading. And it, it, she was on a computer to help her with her reading. Well, she never advanced to the next level because you have to get your skills. You have to read. When you get the right answers, then you move to the next level. She was on the same program for four or five weeks, every week, going to the tutor, never getting anywhere. And it wasn't until the parents figured it out that that was not helping their child. So tutors are wonderful, but you have to make sure that it's not a tutor that is not meeting the needs of your child. And it's someone that can understand those differences and can have a good intervention plan for success and then strengthen the skill weaknesses that your child is showing. So how do you go about finding the professional who's going to be the best fit for your child? Well, I find over the long run that a lot of parents who have children with differences know the best professionals in their community and people. So I think a lot of networking, there's also different organizations like the American speech language and hearing association um, that has a list of different professionals. I know other organizations have the same types of lists. And I think a lot of times it's that, you know, word of mouth, um, looking at other children and how they've succeeded and then finding those types of professionals. But you always want to make sure that there's a good match. And if there isn't, don't feel badly about leaving too soon, you know, because it's better to find someone who's a good match for your child than have your child just stay week after week after week with somebody that's just not doing their best for your child. And then the child winds up feeling the opposite of what you're hoping uh, will be the result of the tutoring or the therapy. Dr. Exactly. Dr. Elaine Fogel-Schneider, co-author with Dr. Deborah Ross Swain of Confidence and Joy, Success Strategies for Kids with Learning Differences. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. I'm going to ask you a very complicated question and ask you to give me a 60-second answer. That's pretty fair, I think. (laughs) I'll do my best. Okay. (laughs) What about the issue of homework, the battle for many? How do you think parents should approach that with their children? Well, I think each family has their own unique way of providing 
time for the child to do their homework or space for the child to do their homework. I think we know that um, it may be more difficult for our child with a learning difference. So, so I think the parent just needs to have patience. That's not easy. I know. I talk to parents all the time. And that's not an easy task, especially if they're working all day and then they get home and then homework has to be done. So, again, maybe a reward system might be beneficial. Um, having some way of, of reinforcing positive behavior, getting the homework done. Those are types of activities that um, or types of reward systems that can work for children. We've had children that get stars for doing their homework. We get children who, if they get five stars in a row, they get to get, you know, go get ice cream or go get a little token of some type, um, maybe some extra time uh, on the screen, which is another topic. <laughs> but homework is important, and yet it, every family is unique in how they approach it. Main thing is, again, finding what works for your child. You are the detective. That's what I always tell parents. You're the detective in this. You know your child best and see what can work for them. You know, it's interesting to hear you say to the parent, you know your child best. I think we've all run into professionals who decide that they know the child best and that the parents' observations have little validity. Uh, but it sounds like you're reminding the parents that that's not really true. That is not true. The parent knows their child best. Parents have that inner feeling. They know that their child may be different. They see. They, can com they see how their child is. So they do know their child best, and it's up to them to advocate for their child. And advocate is not taken lightly because if they're in the school system, you have to know some of the laws that will allow your child to get individual help. Um, you have to find those professionals. You have to get those opportunities. But you can see how your child is doing, and you live with your child every day. So it's really important to be able to be that detective, learn what is best for your child, advocate for your child, and repeat. That's the, one of the biggest things that parents have to have is that stamina, that resilience, that they keep repeating what they're doing. The child will, so the child will reach their full potential with success and with confidence and joy, because that's what success brings the confidence and joy and that's what's missing from so many of our children who are put in these academic situations that rob them of it tell us how listeners can learn more about confidence and joy and what you can do to assist your child uh, we have a website confidencejoy.com and uh, they can Parents can go to that and get more information about um, our book also that, was, um, that we've written. It has so many good points and strategies for parents. Um, anytime the book um, is available, feel free to you know, get that and put it in your library. And um, It's just a wealth of information. So confidencejoy.com, uh, you'll get more information about programs and different activities that you can do for your child to help them. 
Sound, in their confidence. Sounds wonderful. Dr. Elaine Fogel-Schneider, thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. You and your colleague, Dr. Deborah Ross-Swain, have truly created a guidebook for parents and professionals to help their child who has learning differences really succeed to their fullest potential. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Pam, for having me. And folks, thank you for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service and is not intended to replace any work that you may choose to do with a mental health, medical health, or other professional. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications. I'd love to know where you are as you're listening to Mind Talk, so do send an email to me at Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at mindtalk.org. That's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And remember, Mind Talk is available on demand by many platforms that you go to. You can also go to the Mind Talk website, and there's a Mind Talk app. So you've got lots of ways of keeping in touch with Mind Talk. And remember always, folks, if it's unacceptable, then it's unacceptable. You take care. Thank you.